Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. Well, hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara, and you are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Uh, We are here live in our WATD studio. So we have a couple of guests with us this evening, and we have George, who is manning the phones and everything at uh, WATD studio for us in Marshfield. So hello, George. Haven't heard you in a while. Haven't been around in a while. Hey, Sharon. How are you doing? Good. All right. Just checking that we're all good there. So um, we have a couple of guests tonight. And of course, I have Melissa with me. Melissa is my Hello. sidekick. How are you? <laughs> I, I, I almost said sidekick, but that, that's a totally different <laughs> yeah, you thing. Are, you are my sidekick. No, that is something different. Oh, is, it what, is it something I shouldn't say on the air? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not something we should say on the air, but we have said it now twice. Yeah. But okay. um, yes, I am here tonight. Uh, we are missing our, our third partner in crime, um, uh, Mary Bates. She is up in New Hampshire with her her soon to be husband, um, doing fiance, doing their uh, doing their uh, engagement photos. Chance <laughs> engagement photos. Um, so, so it is us tonight. But we do have two special guests tonight. One of which has joined us on the show before, mm-hmm. and the other it's his first time with yes. us. Um, so excited to have you. So, why don't we introduce um, our veteran first? So, um, so our, our newbie over here can get sort of the the lay of the land a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, we have okay. You have you have the best. Um, oh, okay. You have the, uh, okay. Yeah, well, we know her like. <laughs> So well, I mean, I was just telling her a story about my daughter. So maybe everybody on WATD heard it too, but um, it all turned out well. And she ended up at the wedding. Uh, but of course we have uh, attorney Amy Hubert, right? Mass for air. I always like it. There's so many pieces to it. I just want you to meet someone with the last name Smith. I do. I do too. Dreams can come true. Yeah, so if there are any Smiths or Joneses or anything, yeah. 
Yeah, we need you, okay? Yes. And Amy is with Sherman Law, and they have two offices, one in Hingham and a new office in Plymouth, which is very exciting. I know you went to the grand opening. Yeah, not to interrupt and and to take time away from you, Amy, but um, Mary and I did make it to your grand opening in Plymouth. Um, Sharon was with one of her clients, but we, uh, Mary and I went down there, and honestly, we we went down there to sort of celebrate you, Amy, um, to celebrate your office and, and Tim. Um, and we sort of stayed the entire night. <laughs> I think we left at like 10 o'clock. Yeah. No, it was the best. It was the best. Yeah. yeah. It's just a really yeah. good time. We had a couple um, other agents come. Uh, we knew a couple loan offices there as well. Um, so we just all sort of hung out and had a few drinks after the party. And um, it was good. It was mm-hmm. good. It was a beautiful night in Plymouth and that your office is beautiful. And um, we kept saying over and over again as you were giving us the tour, oh, my God, Sharon would love this. Sharon would love this. <laughs> Sharon would love this. So um, we took some pictures and stuff. So I got you. We're very excited just to offer, you know, especially with more business going further South Shore from the Cape. It's just another closing location for our clients to try to make it as convenient as possible and, uh, you know, fully manned. And it's great to be expanding, you know, keep, keep things rolling. So I appreciate you guys stopping by for sure. Yes. More, more than stopping by. So thank you. And congratulations to you guys. Uh, I know opening up the second office, it's sort of a big deal. And we're excited for you and for Tim Sherman, of course, uh, and all the attorneys at your office. You're all great. Um, I know that you, Melissa, had mentioned that there were some other loan officers there. We're not going to overshadow the loan officer we have sitting right here. No, absolutely not. He is the sharpest dressed loan officer I have ever seen. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate that. Um, Okay, so I'll introduce him. So tonight we are joined by Trevor Levine. He is from Superior Rate Mortgage of New England. And you stop by and you just sort of like bright up our office. So every single, like Sharon today was like, why don't we ask Trevor to be on the show? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's ask Trevor. So um, Trevor, why don't you introduce yourself to all of our listeners? This is your first time on the show. So introduce yourself, um, areas that you service, anything um, that you want our listeners to know about you. Well, thank you for the great introduction, <laughs> ladies. I am blushing here right now and almost don't even know how to respond with that introduction. <laughs> um, um, but thank you very much. And yes, I try to be positive all at all the time, especially in this environment, right, that we're currently in. It. Yeah, yeah. It is It is important to be uh, positive, and hopefully our show tonight uh, will go in the positive direction of, you know, we're talking about interest rates. I gave it away a little bit, but, um, but go ahead. No, I'm, I'm fine. Okay, okay. yeah. Um, so, Trevor, how long have you been in the industry, uh, you know, company that you're with, all that fun stuff? Yeah, so I've been in the industry now going on four years. I work for Superior Rate Mortgage of New England. We're headquartered, as you said, in North Andover. Um, we are the fastest growing mortgage broker in the state of Massachusetts mm. in the largest. Wow. And currently, I am servicing areas in Florida, Connecticut, uh, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts. Oh, you know what? I'm going to be honest. Like, you probably did tell me that one time, but I didn't remember. So can you repeat all those, um, uh, I was going to say countries. Oh, my goodness. All those states that you are, you can... <laughs> Are you going to make me do it in order again? (laughs) You can do it any way you want. So right now I'm licensed in Florida, 
Connecticut, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts. Nice. That's good to know. Awesome. So especially around here when we have so many snowbirds, I think that that's good because you can be servicing them here and there, right? Correct. Yeah. And I know that Newport is sort of really, really hot right now. Well, it's always hot, but Newport, Rhode Island, a lot of people who do a lot of summer houses and things like that down there too. So I think that that is awesome. That's great. And yeah, and I do really appreciate when you come in, you know, you just, like I said, you just, <laughs> I I love a person with gusto, you know what I mean? And you just come in and you're just like, hey, I just want to introduce myself to you and you know i i'm not a very salesy person so i don't like salesy attempts yep. uh, but you've just been very genuine and amy knows amy's been on the show with us several 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 times i amy knows i adore her my daughter did her internship at the office that she was previously and she just loved 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 amy as well but we want people who are genuine because our WATD listeners trust us to bring them you know, customer service and people who care about them. So we're very happy to have you. Thank you. I love that you, uh, may I touch on that for a second? Yeah, of if course. you don't mind. Um, you know, I love that you said that. And the whole thing is about earning trust for me. I'm mm-hmm. an advisor yep. and I learned a long time ago in the starting out in this industry that the minute you come off as a salesperson is the minute you lose basically their interest and you mm-hmm. lose their trust. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that when I speak to uh, potential clients or my clients, Mm -hmm. that I have, they know that I have their best interest in mind at all times. That's perfect. Yes. And that's what we always want. I know right now you and Amy um, are working on something together with new construction. So we'll get into that a little bit. Amy, um, why don't you give our listeners, for those who haven't heard you, I mean, you've been on the show several times, but give them a little bit of, you know, history of you and your attorneyship. (laughs) Is that a word? Or I will I will keep it to the attorneyship because uh, we don't need to know more than that. But uh, so I have been in real estate for um, 20 years um, since I basically left law school. I won't give a, a date there because there's no need for that. But I started uh, my practice in foreclosure by default. Um, basically, I came in to cover a friend's maternity leave and ended up staying when the senior partner passed away. So it was a very quick, entrenched world of learning the lender side, which has been quite invaluable to me as I flip over to the sales side. So, um, you know, I've worked for uh, the biggest and the best um, South Shore law firms, including um, Sherman Law, who just won um, the best of South Shore for our law firm for real estate. So we're really excited about that. Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's been a good landing pad for me. And, you know, I really focus on um, individual people. I'm great with uh, first-time home buyers, people with situational moves, as I like to say. Um, you know, change of life circumstances um, is definitely kind of uh, a specialty of mine just from my background and something I hold uh, dear to my heart as well. So, um, but that's me. That is you. But you're also a mom of three. Four? Is it Four. four? Four. The oldest one is 21. I don't know if I can claim him anymore, but yeah, four. Yeah. wants you to claim him, though. <laughs> yes. yes, especially when I'm Venmoing him. I find that uh, <laughs> accept, acceptable of that. So, yes, yeah. He'll always need you, no matter what age. He will always. I, oh, yes, yes. No, no, I'm very lucky. Yeah, four kids, 21 down to age 10, full house, which means I'm always working because I have college tuitions <laughs> today. Well, so. I think yeah. 
I don't know if I said it to you or if I said it to Mary or maybe Sharon. I don't know. The other day I said it to somebody. Maybe it was you about you saying, I don't know how you do it. Like you are just, you are a mom of four, which I, or friends on Facebook. I can see that you, you know, do so much with your kids and and just knowing you personally, I know how much you love your kids and would do anything for them. And I also know that you work so hard too. So um, Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know how she does it. Like, how does she have the time to go to our events? I know you come to our, I know you go to other events and I've seen you even at events that don't even have anything to do with us, you know? Mm -hmm. So I know you're out there doing as much as you can possibly do. And I'm like, I don't know how she does it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I grew up in the business. So I've, I don't work life balance to me is just like, it's one continuum. You know, I, I work to support my kids and that all influxes into, you know, um, and I, I'm very lucky that I'm at the point in my career that, you know, the work is always, always gets done. I can, I can maneuver that around what I need to do for the kids. So I've been, I've been very blessed to do that, but you know, hustle and muscle is how I raise my kids. And, uh, they, it's a good thing for them to see me work and see, you know, I'll literally, as we go through a closing, I'll be like, just so you know, your camp costs this much. That's one closing. That's two closings. That's, you know, I'm really trying to teach uh, fiscal responsibility to my kids as they as they grow. So uh, if they see me sweat, then maybe they'll learn how to do it themselves, too. That's my hope. <laughs> Anyways. Especially having one in college, right? Just the one? I do. Yeah. He's a, he's going to be a senior next year. Oh. Then I have a senior at Catholic Memorial. So we're looking at colleges now. Um, a freshman at Notre Dame and uh, little Thomas coming out at St. Agatha's in the rear. <laughs> so <laughs> poor Thomas, by the time, by the time he graduates, I might, I might have a walker, but you know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so. All to himself. That will be the good thing for him. So that's so, true. Yeah. So tonight's topic, I'm really excited to talk about just because, you know, we've been talking about the interest rates going up. And honestly, like if I read another article, if I hear another story, it's, Funny because I guess I'm not really media, but I guess I am because I'm on the radio. If I hear it, just it's like I go outside every morning and I look up and I'm like, boy, the sky is not falling, right? So I think that what we have to do is put everything into perspective and figure out how we can maybe calm the nerves of people who are still out there who want to buy, uh, calm the nerves of sellers who are like, oh my gosh, this is going to crash calm the nerves of the people who did emotionally purchase and the thought, oh my gosh, if the market does crash, I'm going to lose all this, you know, equity in my home. I just want to sort of get over all those fears. Um, But I thought it would be nice to have the two of you here tonight, one, to talk about mortgage contingencies, like how are people protected through this process, and then giving our buyers options for different loans with lower rates. Sound good? Sounds great. Sounds Absolutely. like a plan. All right, perfect. I also want to just say for our listeners, we have been talking about contingencies lately, not just mortgage contingencies, but you know what we're seeing trend-wise, our buyers still waiving these things. So I'm going to ask the two of you, are you seeing buyers still waiving their mortgage contingency? And what does that mean when they waive it? Do you want to take this one, Amy? Sure, Absolutely. I still am seeing uh, buyers waive their mortgage contingency. It's still a, a fairly competitive market out there. Not as much as I used to. It used to be that the mortgage contingency wasn't coming across my desk. Everything was being beat uh, beat out by cash cash deals. 
But um, I still see some waivers, and I, I would say it's about 50-50 right now, where before it was maybe 20% had a mortgage contingency in them. So we're definitely seeing a balancing of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have seen the return of the inspection contingency, which was gone for a very long time. I'm sure our inspector friends are very happy to have that, <laughs> to have that business back. So, um, you know, it is a, to the benefit of the buyers, there is starting to be some reason coming back to the game in terms of the negotiations. Um, the sellers aren't holding absolutely every card at this point. Um, and we've also seen an, an influx of inventory, which is amazing. I think since January, we've tripled our inventory. And even with the increase in, in rates, I've seen more buyers connect uh, on deals in the past two weeks mm-hmm. that, um, you know, um, since um, since since the rates have gone up, you know, so it is not as bleak as you think. And, you know, real estate is a long game. Mm-hmm. You have to have skin in the game. Um, and, you know, as, as Trevor will talk about, there's the option to refinance when the rates come down, but there's not there's not always the opportunity to get that house. So and if you've lived through the housing shortage, that is a harder problem to solve and, and, and takes longer time to resolve than, um, you know, staying in the game for a little bit, refinancing or, you know, as I know Trevor will discuss, I've seen the return of arms, um, 10 year locks, things like that. So there are options out there for sure. Mm-hmm. Trevor, do you want to talk a little bit about that? You know, what you are seeing when it comes, explain to what to everybody what like a 5-1 arm, 10-1 arm is. Yeah. So right now with this volatile, rapid raising rate, rate environment that mm-hmm. we're in right now currently, which we haven't to kind of throw some context in what we're experiencing in right now, mm-hmm. we haven't seen this environment for 40 years, mm-hmm. going back to all the way to the 70s when inflation was at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. So just to throw context at that, um, with, the, with this inflation is the big driver of interest rates, mm-hmm. as we all know. And that's yep. what we're battling right now is mm-hmm. we're at extreme high point of inflation. So in order to kind of combat this, you know, we have to <coughs> up. Mm-hmm. well, this, this makes arms more attractive. Mm-hmm. And what an arm is, is it is called an adjustable rate mortgage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's based on two parts. So you have your index and you have your margin mm-hmm. and the index plus the margin is the rate you pay. Mm-hmm. And how this works is, so <clears throat> your margin is a set number of points mm-hmm. that does not change. Yep. And your index is your floating rate that's okay. adjustable. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how these arms work is you're, you're before, um, a couple of years ago, we used to see it as a 7-1 or mm-hmm. a 5-1, 7-1 or 10-1. Yep. Okay. Now what we're seeing is you're seeing that same thing, but you're seeing that as a 5-6, Seven six and a ten six. So what this means and how this breaks down. Okay. So the first number on that arm mm-hmm. is the introductory rate that you receive. Okay. And that's the period in which you receive it. So if it's a three, it's if it's three, five, seven, and ten. Those are the common ones that we see today. Mm-hmm. Meaning, so we'll take a we'll take a five six for okay. an example. Okay. Are you seeing the same thing, Amy? So are you following along with this too? Yeah. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Okay. okay. Yep. So what a 5-6 is, meaning that for five years, yeah. you'll have an introductory rate of, say, 5%, just okay. hypothetically. Yeah. Okay? And after that five-year period, mm-hmm. you're going to have an adjustment period every six months. That's what the six is, meaning that you're okay, going to ha- have an adjustment of every six months. Now, the way the arms work is, so you'll, ha- you'll be locked in that rate for the introductory period. And once they adjust, there's always a cap. 
Mm-hmm. Now, with the new SOFR, S-O-F-R, that's the new uh, index rate that it's attached to. It mm-hmm. used to be LIBOR. Getting a little more technical. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, so, Don't. Yeah. It's not <laughs> you have to dumb it down for me, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So with the, there's always a cap on these rates once they adjust. So with the new so far, it's 1%. Okay. So, so if I'm five, so we're talking about a five, six right now. So for five years, I'm paying 5% as our example. Correct. And then five months, five years and the next day would be into my six months that I'm paying an, an adjustable so up or after, down. So after that five year period, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once six months passes, then it goes, then your rate is going to adjust and it can go up or down by okay. the max of a cap of 1%. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so the most it could go up to in this scenario is 6%. Correct. For six months. Correct. What happens after six months? So after six months, it can rise again and drop again, and it will adjust, but the maximum is a 1%. It can only go 1% up, and it can only go- Every six months. Correct, 1% down. For how many years? So this would be 30 years. For 30 years, that's how it works. Okay, and what if I just didn't, after the five years was up, what are my options? So your options are that you would be receiving the rate that adjusts every six months. Yeah. So that's where basically if you're, you know, where the big thing with arms is they're great, right? Because yeah. they over they offer this lower rate in a time where rates are rising. Yeah. Now where the big question that you have to ask yourself for arms is when is it right for you? Yeah. Right. When arms are are good for a particular individual mm-hmm. is if they're thinking about paying off their mortgage. And if someone's just joining us, we're not talking about guns. <laughs> no. Arms. <laughs> <laughs> Adjustable rate mortgages. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. So, um, sorry, I lost my train of sorry, thought. Sorry, I do that to people. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, what was I? Uh, so after the five years, they're yeah. locked in and then... They yes. can decide to take that other rate. So if the other rate at five years in one day, the rate, let's just say it dropped to 3%, just using extravagant, yeah. they could then lock in at 3% for the rest of the 30 years or no? No. So that's what I was going to, oh, okay. that's what I was going into. Okay. So where are arms are going to- seems too good to be true, but- It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're, like I was getting back to, um, when are arms a good, good option for somebody? Mm-hmm. And that is usually, if you are thinking about, um, holding on to your mortgage for a short period of time mm-hmm. or paying it off in a really quick period of time. Okay. And why this is, right? So particularly, this is good because you want to afford uh, avoid that balloon payment. Yeah. Right? We're good for that introductory period because we're locked in at a particular rate and we have security with that rate. Okay. The unknown is when it starts adjusting. And that becomes a big problem for people if they reach that adjustment period because they we, they don't know what the new rate could be. And if it shoots up 1%, that could be a huge cost to them in which they are not, you know, potentially mm-hmm. could not be prepared for depending on their current situation. Yeah, which, which happened to people, right, Amy? I mean, we saw that happen. Yeah, so I mean, the changes that, you know, when I was in foreclosure is there were no caps, right? So these things would just build and build and build and there was kind of no limit on the increment that it could happen. Um, also there were, um, prepayment penalties. So if you tried to refinance your way out of it, you were still playing that balloon payment. My understanding now, and Trevor, correct me if I'm wrong, is that now you can refinance your way out of it. Correct. Yes. Yeah. That's the big, the big difference. And that's why I think we see the resurgence of them because people are saying, you know, I'm, I'll have this for five years. We're going to see what happens with the new, um, you know, uh, presidential election, all the things that affect, uh, things going forward, 
and seeing if we can kind of adjust under the recession and then we'll refinance. So I have seen them uh, rise in popularity for sure. And so the difference in a rate, like, so we're just using five as an example. So right now, and I know just as a disclosure for you, I mean, everybody's rate is different based on their own circumstances, but let's just say you had somebody who has good credit and they were going to get a 30 year fixed right now. What are you looking at? Like six and. So right now, if you were going to get a 30 year fixed mortgage conventional, you have good credit, which is anything, perfect credit, anything above 740, right? yeah. you're going to get optimal pricing. You mm-hmm. put down 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking at a, like a 5.8 okay. time right around there. Okay. Now just, so kind of to go touch back on the adjustable rate mortgage, yeah. not to go back, but it'll lead into no, this. Um, so right now what we're seeing, because we're in this period of rapid raising rates, why the adjustable works for a lot of people mm-hmm. is because what we're seeing with the economy, right? Yeah. We have this economy, we're fighting inflation. And so based, one of the biggest things to kind of um, let our viewers know here and how we, can I go into a little economy real quick? Yeah, of course. Okay. So right now. The floor is yours. Okay. So right <laughs> yeah. now to combat inflation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to raise interest rates. Yeah. That's the biggest way to be in the mm-hmm. simplest context. We have to stall out the economy. Yep. Okay. To combat inflation. So once we do that, we, we raise rates high enough to a point where the economy stops essentially. And then once the economy stops, we have to reboot it. And how mm-hmm. we reboot this is we always drop interest rates on mortgages, mm-hmm. which is a major player in the economy. Mm-hmm. And you can track this historically. Yep. So what I've seen, what we're seeing in the market is depending on how you're looking, you know, people, we, depending on what you see, um, some people say we're entering a recession right now. Yeah. Um, this from a mortgage standpoint is actually a good thing mm-hmm. because of what I just said. Yeah. Because int- what it means is moving forward, interest rates are going to drop. Mm-hmm. And from what I see, Based on what I see the numbers, I think interest rates are going to drop within a year. Okay. So how I'm advising all my clients uh, moving forward is, one, to not pay points, and to two, to look into adjustable rate mortgages, mm-hmm. right? Because take that introductory rate, that yep. low rate, mm-hmm. and knowing with where the economy is right now, the mm-hmm. state of the economy and where we have to get to, mm-hmm. within a year from now, you're going to be looking at it a significant interest rate drop. And even even if it's two years, which because isn't it like historically we'll say the, we'll see these things in 16 to 24 months, like they sort of hold like that. True. You're, right. Yeah. It takes longer for things to actually yeah. come into action. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, even at let's even say 24 months, I think that it makes sense to do a lower rate. Well, so I guess that's my question is, is what is really the differential? I mean, if you're not paying points and the differential between being, you know, firm at six percent versus being five years at five percent well how much am i saving then i have to refinance and all the costs and everything associated with it so what can i just refinance a 30-year fixed when the time comes to you could you could definitely finance a 30-year fix when the time comes so what we would be paid what we need to look at there is your time frame okay right and a break-even point yeah so i'm you know when i'm I'm always telling people, hey, don't pay points, mm-hmm. not right now, because if you really want that lower rate, mm-hmm. right, the cost that you're going to pay up front right now mm-hmm. is going to be more than the cost that you're going to pay up front later. And then your long-term cost is going to be obviously extended mm-hmm. too if you pay now rather mm-hmm. than later. Yeah. And, a good and thing- I just personally think everybody should be putting money in their mattress, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so a quick way to kind of like give you some context on this. Yeah. A 1% change in interest rate mm-hmm. is a 10% decrease in buying power. Okay. So for instance, on that $500,000 home, mm-hmm. right? If we, if interest rates go up 1%, mm-hmm. now you've lost $50,000 So mm-hmm. in buying power. Mm-hmm. than you were before. So instead of a $500,000 home, you're looking at a $450,000 home just mm-hmm. with that 1% rate hike. Yep. That is a drastic difference mm-hmm. and which pushes a lot of people out of qualifying. Well, especially when we are seeing, th- you know, when we're seeing the market that has been so emotionally driven for so long, artificially inflated sale prices that weren't appraising, but that's another show. But I think that, I think, People will, if you could now afford 450, are we telling our clients to look at houses for 350? I don't, I don't see us doing the hundred thousand over asking anymore, but in some instances, the higher priced houses, and they're certainly going 50, hundred thousand over still. Are you still doing that, Amy? I am, yes, yeah. You know, there's still, there's always those turnkey properties that, you know, are going to pull that high price. Um, I think the sellers right now are kind of getting an education though that, not every property is a turnkey property mm-hmm. and uh you know there's had to be there has to be some adjustment on their expectations for sure but um you know i think you know trevor obviously knows his stuff which is which is amazing just hearing about the purchasing power and the shift of just a one percent change you know it seems so small but it significantly impacts uh your qualif- qualifications and you know we always talk about if you're out there on the market and you're running around with a, you know, a qualification letter that you had from two months ago, it's, it's no good. You know, you need to, do you need to get fresh? And I'll see with each of my clients who are offering our properties, reaching out for an adjusted current, you know, same day pre-qualification mm-hmm. letter, because the, the listing agents want to see that this still holds true. And, um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Trevor's, you know, um, probably getting calls calls every day. You know, that being said, it's not all doom and gloom. I've seen a lot of buyers who've been on the market for a very long time connect this week and and be overjoyed. And, you know, we do have to realize that, you know, the interest rates were uncharacteristically low. You know, they -hmm. weren't in keeping with any normal normalcy. Mm -hmm. So even though you might feel like you missed out on that, it really isn't the standard of which you can live and gauge your life in your economy. And, you know, we, it's wonderful to have a low interest rate on your home, but, you know, if, if people are paying five seventy nine for a gallon of milk, you know, there's other shifts that always happen. And, and, you know, we'll see adjustments in income, we'll see adjustments in employment, all of those things play into each other. You can never look at one thing in a bubble when you're talking about an economy. Um, so I think that's important to, to know, too, that there's, with these adjustments, there's going to be more you're going to have more cash power in your day-to-day life. And those things certainly, I know as a mom of four children, those things add up. Um, I'm not a fan of, you know, putting people in houses they can't, can't afford. Um, I know, I know you guys are the same way. And, you know, I've had to watch um, in this time period, some people really make that leap and me advising them, you know, is this the right thing? I think reality is we're going to see a lot more fiscally responsible buyers Um, and this is, you know, this is the right, this is the right direction and Mm -hmm. not something entirely to be afraid of. You know, you could say, I wish I bought when my interest rate was low, but if I paid a hundred thousand dollars over for a property that didn't appraise, are you any more secure? 
I'm not sure, you know, um, and you can wait out the market. There is, you know, um, in terms of the interest rates. But if you see a home that fits your financially fits you right now, you're never going to lose if you're playing the long game with in real estate. And we also know that rental rental properties right now, uh, a cost to rent is 30, up 30% right now. So, you know, it's all relative. If you're paying, if you're paying your mortgage, you're paying yourself in some regards into in into equity. You're paying your uh, you know your um, your lease. You're paying your landlord's mortgage, and you're not going to walk away with anything. So you have to look at it at it globally. And you know, as we look at mortgage contingencies, I think one of the biggest thing, and I know Trevor can talk about this too, is when do you lock in your rate? How how do you do this? Um, one of the things we talk about a lot. Sellers for a long time had use and occupancies. Oh, Those yeah. things are starting to fade away. Um, that could affect when uh, when a buyer could uh, do their rate lock. So, you know, how, you know, how can we talk about extended rate locks? How can we write into mortgage contingencies that, you know, uh, a standard mortgage contingency says, I'll apply for a mortgage at prevailing rates. Now, if prevailing rates are fluctuating while you're still in that rate lock period, you might have to write a cap in, in there wow. as to what rate you can, you can go and still meet that mortgage commitment. So there's ways, there's ways to play with that. I have not seen that yet, um, but I think that's where we're going to be heading. But yeah. I think the biggest thing is we have to talk about timing. When can you lock? For how long can you lock? I've heard of locks happening before people have accepted offers. They're locking the rates in and shopping for a house. So um, there's a lot of different creative ways to work through some of the issues that we're seeing. But again, this is this is normal. This is this is how things work. And um, kind of taking the sting out of it a little bit, I hope. Um, I did have a question. Just you touched on it briefly um, in the beginning when you were talking was um, having an updated pre-approval letter. So with the interest rates sort of, you know, rising faster than what people would like. Mm -hmm. um, how often do you suggest somebody getting a new pre-approval or an updated pre-approval? I mean, what is the process with that? That's an excellent question. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I am full of <laughs> Trevor gives the answer. I just want to remind all of IWATD listeners, you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable here at our uh, studio in Pembroke. I am Sharon McNamara, the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, here with my sidekick and the director of operations here at Boston Connect Real Estate. Our team member, Mary, is out uh, tonight, and so is Evis Mason. So uh, they were, are not joining us this evening, but we do have two fabulous guests with us. We have Amy Hubert, it's the middle word that's actually messing me I, up. Hubert. You, like U-turn, which I probably should take sometimes. Hubert, <laughs> Masferia, and we also have, it's not Adam, it is Trevor. <laughs> it is yeah. Trevor Levine with us this evening. So, um, yes, and I'm very happy to have you as our guest tonight. If you have any questions for either uh, one of us, we have a fabulous loan officer with us, and we also have a fabulous um, attorney with us please give us a call at the studio and you can get uh, through with uh, George 781-837-4900. If you're too bashful to do that, you can always go on to Facebook. We're on all the connect pages. So you can find us on Boston Connect Real Estate. You can find us on me, Sharon Costa McNamara or Pembroke Connect, Marshville Connect, Situate Connect, all the other connect pages. Um, and we would be happy to take any of your questions. So 
Do you remember the question now? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, perfect. He's listening. Now he's going to take my question. <laughs> now you can answer the question. Why don't we repeat the question and you can give the answer. How often should a buyer get an updated pre-approval letter and what is the process? So in this particular time, every week. Mm. <laughs> I agree. Um, for a few different reasons. Rates are constantly changing every day mm -hmm. and they change by the hour. Right. Mm -hmm. Particularly when you approve to somebody, you approve them to what their max is because mm -hmm. we want to know in case there is a contingency in place, right? Mm -hmm. What their max and where they can go. Mm -hmm. Now, that max is always going to change as we kind of um, expressed earlier based on, you know, when I gave yeah. you the example on 1% change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, with rates constantly changing, it's always a good idea to reevaluate that qualification mm -hmm. and get back to them every week. That's mm -hmm. what I do. And it's, you stay in front of them, one, mm -hmm. and two, it gives you an opportunity to alleviate any concerns in which they may have. That's mm -hmm. what we do. Yeah. And yeah. I, I actually, I went right before the show, I went and previewed a property um, that my client is going to be putting an offer in on. And um, I said to him, well, why don't you get a, updated pre-approval? He's been using his banker for the last three years. So don't worry, Trevor, it has nothing to do not using you. It's just he had his own and always has. And I said, oh, you might want to give your guy a call and update your pre-approval. And he goes, well, I did that last week. And I said, I know, but I'm just trying to make your offer look the best I can because chances are there's going to be multiple offers on this property. And I want that listing agent to look at it and say, oh, look, the date of this pre-approval is actually the date of the offer. Mm -hmm. And that's an excellent point. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that that's something that a lot of people don't look at, but mm -hmm. your pre-approval should be written directly for that particular property. Mm -hmm. And the date should be within a current current time frame. Mm -hmm. It holds yeah. weight. And what, are, what is it that you're looking at as a loan officer to update their pre-approval? So you're not like pulling their credit again. You're not doing like the, the extensive work that you have to do in order to say like, yeah, we somebody would give you this amount of money to buy a house. Like what is it that you're looking at? Or do you do all that all over again? No. So, you know, I do a thorough underwrite initially. Mm -hmm. Income, asset, credit, and debt. That's what everyone is going to be evaluated mm -hmm. on. Once I do that thorough, thorough underwrite and I go back and I double check every week, I'm basically just going through putting in the new, running it through a scenario, seeing what the new rates are, mm -hmm. um, and then putting that rate into their qualification and seeing if they're still qualifying. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, really the most important part of that is obviously to see if they still qualify, but to make sure that I'm not wasting the agents that I work with, their time. Right. I don't want to say, hey, they're good to go. And then yeah. they go to make an offer and they're not good to go. That puts all of them in a really bad situation. Have you ever like pre-approved somebody and like say their max was 500, but they're not comfortable spending 500. So they'd rather it say, uh, you know, they can afford 450. Would, like, have, have you ever I'm only asking because I have um, we've had this discussion many times in our office. Yep. And I think Sharon's uh, thought process, correct me if I'm wrong, is you would rather see a buyer's pre-approval as a listing agent mm -hmm. that they can afford Mm -hmm. X amount of like so much, and even though they're only offering, you know, maybe less than what that they can afford, but at least you know that they they can afford to go up yeah. higher. And I, I, there are definitely different ways that people like to do that. And sometimes loan officers will disagree with me. Sometimes attorneys will disagree with me, but I'm a very strong listing agent. And if you keep on changing your pre-approval for every time we might be negotiating back and forth or every time you change your offer, I see zero value in that piece of paper you're giving me now. So for mm -hmm. me, 
as a listing agent, I would rather say, all right, my client can afford $900,000. Yeah, they're putting in an offer for $500,000 on your $400,000 house or whatever. It doesn't mean they can, because just because they can go more doesn't mean that that's the value that they see in your house. Right. Some people just like it to be right to the number. I, I'm curious, both of you. And we have six minutes left, if you can believe it. So, like, yes. I mean, f- for me, I think I think it like a, like a good attorney, I can argue both sides. Um, <laughs> it depends, right? It does. I hate to say that, but you know, you know, I do think you want to see a comfortable number. That, um, sorry, I don't know why I just disappeared there. Um, a comfortable number that they can clear you know um i have certainly seen it argued that oh there's more money in the pot can't we go back to that but again that isn't real money that is financed money Mm -hmm. and that just because they qualify from their credit standpoint and their income doesn't mean that that is you know money in their pocket so i try i just try to educate uh when i see those that pop up through the through negotiations is you know that is good debt but it is debt and it is at their at their option so Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I think seeing a, a, a solid pre-approval that isn't, you know, nobody wants to see it, eek, you know, just above the number that yeah. things, things adjust. So mm-hmm. I think, I, I think it's good to have a healthy overage. I, you know, does it make me nervous if it's twice as high? Maybe, you know, but, um, I think a healthy overage is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your what are your thoughts? I agree with that. Um, I, for this particular situation, I tend to stay in my lane a little bit and just be the numbers. Good job. <laughs> um, Did you hear that, Amy? He likes to stay in his own lane. That's perfect. That's good stuff. Yes. Ideally, from a loan officer standpoint, what I what I practice mm-hmm. um, is that I will have a conversation with my agent and let mm-hmm. them know, okay, this is where we're at, right? And I know mm-hmm. a lot of it. A lot of the financial information is personal, and I, there's only so much I do. It's, disclose but we're Mm -hmm. both on the same team and you handle the negotiations of everything so i'll let i'll ask you and defer to your judgment on where where you see from the best negotiating standpoint exactly and i'll let you know where the numbers are and i will provide us the most freedom and flexibility based on where we have to set the offer Mm -hmm. now as far as the max you know i always set my i always work things in a way that i give myself a little bit of breathing room right mm-hmm. because if there is contingencies in place we want to be able to go up if rates mm-hmm. go up we want to have freedom and flexibility where we do not blow that offer mm-hmm. um so i always set it up a way to give myself a buffer i don't just set an offer yeah. right at max okay perfect <laughs> so with four minutes left right yeah four minutes but we want you guys to be able to give your contact information out to all of our listeners so trevor um how our listeners get in touch with you yeah you can email at trevor at superiorrate.com or you can give me a call on my personal line here (laughs) is 781-650-0865 and can you repeat that one more time 781-650-0865 okay and amy if you want to give us everybody your contact information if they need any legal advice when it comes to real estate or do you do any of the state stuff any estate stuff i don't do estate planning but i do do um you know if we need to do deal with estates for sale you know dealing with license to sell and things like that so um i do have to give a little shout out for for trevor because he is one of the most communicative and uh brokers that i've worked with and i have to say that um, on the deal that I currently have with him, he gives an update to all the parties every single week. 
which mm-hmm. is amazing. It's something I, I haven't I haven't seen before. So he's he's really been exceptional and obviously very knowledgeable. So I'm really happy to um, support him in, in his work for sure. Um, I am Amy Hubert Masper. I work at Sherman Law. We have a location in Plymouth and in Hingham. And my direct number is 617-504-9151. I'll say it again, 617-504-9151. And thank you guys so much for having us. It's such a great platform. I love these conversations. I love to talk real estate. It's what I do and it's kind of what I live. So I really appreciate it. And that's sort of why we named the show Talk Real Estate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then we also have a show on Saturdays that is a full hour. This is a 45 minute show. We are going to be airing this show again on Saturday because it is uh, 4th of July weekend. So uh, we will be doing that again this weekend. Uh, final thoughts for our final minutes here. Um, Trevor, why don't we start with you? What is your advice for buyers my advice for buyers uh reach out to you you know if you're thinking about purchasing a home the number one thing is to know what you can afford Mm -hmm. so please please reach out to your your, you know your local loan officer um and have a conversation or you that's why you're here yes most important that is the most important thing Mm -hmm. is you have to know where what your limits are and to go through and figure out um uh, sh- short-term and long-term goals that meet your objective. Perfect. Amy? I, I think, you know, surround yourself with a good team that has the same ideal, ideology. I can't even say that, but no. same spark of thought that you have um, mm. that is looking to get you in the place that you want to be in a fiscally responsible way. But my best advice is don't be afraid. You will build equity. You will sustain sustain the markets. And uh, you have to you have to get skin in the game if you want to build money in real estate. And um, there is no bad time to invest in real estate, despite what the doom and gloom news tells you. So that's that. You can get in touch with us at bostonconnect.com. We can certainly get you in touch with both of our guests anytime you need us. And thank you, George. Thank you to all our WATV listeners. And thank you so much for the both of you joining us. And we'll have to have you back you. on again on a Saturday when we have a full hour. All right. Bye, Amy. Love that. Bye, guys. Thanks.